Welcome to Your Lot and Parcel Podcast with your host, Benjamin Diaz, designed strictly for you, the consumer. You will find that this platform has your best interests at heart. This is Benjamin. Thank you for your company. On the stage and from his heart, my guest brings passion to the topic that is infectious and undeniable. He encourages you to find your passion and to find your direction. Do you wonder how you can balance your day-to-day job, including your side job and your family life? Well, he addresses that on our show today. He authored the book, Don't Be a Zombie, How to Find a Career You Love. He is a career consultant and a motivational speaker and is the host of the popular Zach Ballinger podcast show. Here's my guest, Zach Ballinger. When we speak in terms of a side job or a side hustle, it does give you more income. There's no question about that. And for purchasing power to take care of things around the home and, and of course, to pay down debts. And that's always a good idea. And I'm, in fact, I'm very excited to have Zach Ballinger on the show because I know, I know those that are listening in are contemplating perhaps a side hustle. And Zach, please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what is your mission, Zach? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Ben. I really appreciate the time. So my mission is to help people find a career that they love. And I do that through speaking and coaching and teaching around the country. And I've written a book, a recent book that came out last year in November, Don't Be a Zombie, How to Find a Career You Love. And I try to guide people on their journey of passion. And what I mean by passion is simply is finding your strengths and your abilities, something that you enjoy doing and aligning them with a career. And that's essentially how this whole movement started a few years ago as I go on my journey and talk to people about their careers. Well, that's great. I, I know uh, along the way, I've, I've done several things along the way. I've always been uh, self-employed uh, all my adult life, uh, Zach. And uh, my goodness, my mind's always open to new ideas, you know, and just uh, uh, whether things would work and so forth. But you indicate a, a, a uh, do not be a zombie, uh, can, can you expound on that uh, as far as your book, the, the title of your book? Yeah, I love the question because when I said it, it kind of got some laughs. I gave that talk at the Oracle <laughs> Center. It's a TED talk. And I started out and I said, um, I believe in zombies and I've seen them. And what I mean by that is I think too many times I looked at a Gallup poll of 153,000 American workers and 70% of them admitted that they don't like their job. Mm. And I think, Benjamin, a lot of times what happens is, is we get in a job and you stay in it. You don't want to change. You might've been there 10 or 12 years. You're going through the motions. You're dreading Mondays. Mm. You're saying, oh God, thank God it's Friday. And you're living on weekends only and you have no mission or purpose to change. And that's what I believe a zombie is. Now, a zombie's okay. You could have, I've freely had people come up to me and say, Zach, I'm a zombie, but here's what I'm doing about it. 
And then I quickly challenge them and let them know that's not a zombie. You actually have a plan to get to where you want to go. What mm-hmm. I'm talking about is people that keep punching the clock, keep going to work and have no exit strategy. That is in of itself a zombie. Mm, I understand. So just going through the motions and I've known folks like that. Um, I don't know. It just zaps the, the, the energy, the, I don't know, the sparkle in life when somebody gets into that rut, you know? And uh, in fact, uh, I once heard that uh, if you're in a rut, that's only a couple of feet away from a grave. <laughs> so, I like so, that thing. Yeah. So you don't want to be a zombie. My gosh. Uh, you know, but you know, there are millions of uh, Americans, uh, Zach, that find themselves out of, out of a job, especially the past couple of years that we have been, all been sequestered, you know, what advice would you give them? Yeah, you know, um, when the pandemic happened, uh, I was helping a lot of people transition. And now we're in this great opportunity, if you will. So when the pandemic happened, I think about six or seven million people lost their jobs. So I was helping them through that. Now is actually the best job market I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Uh, There's a labor shortage. And believe it or not, it's not just for labor work. It is in all kinds of fields. We're talking technology, mathematics, engineering. There is a great labor shortage. So if you want to transition or you want to find a job, now is really the time to do it. You want to start your own side business. It's the best opportunity you've had. And just couple of things of advice because I know we've got a limited show but what I would say is if you find yourself out of work get some income going you have to get you put food lights and you know have a shelter in life so your basic needs to be need to be satisfied and I completely understand that you know passion projects I'm not telling you to go quit your job and start painting stumps out in the yard and trying to sell them I'm actually coming up with a tangible plan how you're going to make financial success with your own strengths and your abilities. So find your strengths, find your passions, see what aligns to you. Talk to people about what you're good at. Interview your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, maybe your manager. Ask them what your talents are. A lot of times we're good at something and we don't see that in the mirror. And if we mainly take an inventory of that, start start asking those questions. And finally, the last thing I would say is network. Because when you network, you learn about more careers. So when you learn about more careers, you learn about new opportunities. And then you can take those strengths that you've learned about yourself and line up with those new opportunities from your network. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I mean, you, you got to make a little bit of money. And, you know, that does change your, your disposition, uh, which reflects you know, when you talk to others, you know, I mean, uh, you have some, uh, an air, when, when, and I've seen it, uh, when, when an individual is not working, there's a certain air about, about that person and uh, it could be depression. It just comes through, you know, and uh, no, you, you got you got to make yourself uh, a few dollars, whatever you can to, uh, and use that as a stepping stone, you know. So when researching a, a side hustle, uh, Zach, how important would you say, how important would you say our personal core values should be to in making a decision? Yeah, it, you know, uh, it's a great question because there's really a couple of reasons for side hustles. Number mm-hmm. one, you might have a financial goal. So let's say that, you know, you're trying to get out of debt or you're trying, you might have a job loss or you just need some extra income for maybe a goal. So mm-hmm. that might be something of a side gig might be Uber or delivering pizza or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then the second thing that I think gets under credit is most 
people that are successful in business have failed at multiple ventures. They failed at multiple businesses. They've had experiences and they, those failures have turned into successes. Did you know the most successful small businesses have started out in somebody's house, basement, card table for under about $5,000? Believe it, yes. Yeah. And, and it's so crazy. We can take these opportunities. If you're not happy in your full-time job, find a side job that you actually love. Try it out. What's it going to hurt? Maybe you've mm -hmm. always had this vision of being a photographer and you're you know, a computer software engineer right now. Let's start taking some pictures, start trying to get some business, taking some wedding photos, anything you can think of in this marketplace, you can turn it into something you actually enjoy. So I think it depends on which bucket you fall in. If you're trying to make some extra cash, I certainly understand that's that's a great advantage of a side hustle. But I think it can also lead to to what I've seen and talking to multiple people that they found their passion career doing that uh, meta. I talk about it in my book. I met a guy who asked me a lot about being a mechanic and mm -hmm. he started working on cars on the side and he would work on this after hours, after he got off work and on the weekends. And guess what? He turned it a, uh, now he owns a successful car business that does auto repairs because he's reliable. He's straightforward. He works hard and he's now a multi-million dollar business. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I've seen that. I've seen that too. You know, uh, You'd have, a, let's say, uh, somebody's interested in the food industry. Uh, they come up with a food truck to begin with. And before you know it, they have a restaurant going, you know. And, right. that, and that's how it goes. And, and, and of course, core values uh, are very important, I think. Let me tell you this, um, uh, Zach. When I was, uh, I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit, the, even when I was just single digits uh, in my age, you know. I used to remember uh, as a shoeshine boy, okay, just to give you an idea. And um, I'm not sure if I should be telling this because my mom, she was a very strong uh, Christian woman, you know, but, <laughs> but, but I'll tell it anyway. Shoot. <clears throat> but um, I would go uh, in town on Main Street and there were, um, what would you say, uh, where, you know, people would go in and, and relax with, you know, a few drinks and so forth, you know, and I'd be out there in the sidewalk with my, my, with my shoeshine box, you know, and they'd come out and they're a little more happier than usual. You know what I'm saying? Oh boy, I'd get tips. I was making a little, lots of money when I was a little kid like that. I never told my mom that, but uh, I look back, maybe that's probably what I shouldn't have done, you know, take advantage of folks. But I think core values are very important what, in what you decide to do, don't you think? Oh, I agree completely. You know, yeah. if, um, you know, you're against debt and then you go into tote the note car, auto, you know, loan and start selling those kind of loans that goes against your value system. Exactly. Uh, so it, whatever your value system in life, it should be aligned to it. And I think Generation Z, they get a lot of, um, you know, people that that down them, but they're actually a great it, they're a great example of a generation that loves to help people, especially in the nonprofit side. Yeah. They love in general to help the community. And so if your values align with that, find a passion project or a side hustle that aligns certainly with your values. I would always say that every day. Yes, no, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think that that will give you sustainability, uh, longevity in what you're going to be doing if you if you love it and it's uh helping your your fellow man that way you know 
So that's, um, I think that's a great uh, thing to consider as well. So let me ask you, Zach, um, how, in your observation, uh, how much can a, uh, a person make as far as a, a side job, having a side job? What, what's been your observation or your experience? You know, that's a great question. Um, I'll be real honest with you. You know, I've heard anybody say, hey, I made $300 extra a year. Or I've heard the highest I think I've ever heard was ten million dollars a year, and that's the oh, yeah. point. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a good side hustle there, <laughs> right? And and I think yeah. really what it amounts to—it's a great question because it amounts to you know how much work you're going to put in it. Does the marketplace need it? And can you find yourself a niche for whatever business or service you're offering? And if you align it to those things, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, but I've often tried, and I'm sure you've been in this boat too. I've tried mm-hmm. some things that haven't worked and I've tried it for a few months and said, okay, I'm not very good at this. And this, what I, I, I don't mind to try this side hustle, but Hey, after three months, I am not really enjoying it anymore. And I'm going to move on to something else. So mm-hmm. I think it depends on what you, you know, if your talents are aligned to it, and then if you can create value for somebody, that's the key mm-hmm. word now today, society. If you can create value, you can create opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I've been in business in the real estate industry for a, a good 40 years, maybe a little more than 40 years, Zach. And, uh, and I'll tell you what sparked my interest. And I was very intrigued about it. My folks, they own some property and, uh, and it was per- very much uh, at the edges in the suburbs of a, of a town, and they decided to maybe convert it into a subdivision um, to, to build some homes on it, you know. And I was a young man. I was early 20s, and I, I was very intrigued by that. So what I did, I, I took in uh, some college courses and got my broker's license, and I was able to participate in doing that. Uh, and helping them out that way. So sometimes it does take education, uh, get into uh, what you want to do or uh, latch on to a mentor, don't you think? Absolutely. It's it's a chapter in my book is um, college courses and there's another chapter on mentorship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important to talk to people that are experts in their field and find out about it. Uh, Had a student one time said he wanted to own a dry cleaning business. Mm -hmm. I just asked him some few questions. I said, why a dry cleaning business? What drives you towards that? What made you think of the idea? What are the operations like? He was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't thought about all that. <laughs> that <laughs> might yeah. be good if you talk to somebody and there's somebody Absolutely. that's passionate about their job. That a lot of mm-hmm. times they'll reach out to you and you reach out to them first and make that connection and just want to interview them, kind of learn mm-hmm. a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. They're, they'll be happy to. And there's also a website out there called score.org. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find free mentors in your community that'll help you oh, if you're maybe okay. a small business owner or a medium-sized yeah. business owner. So mm-hmm. I think those mentors are a very big part of uh, building a business or building a career. I think so. In, in fact, I'm familiar with that organization. In fact, uh, years ago, I did reach out to them about uh, some questions I had. You know, let me throw this out uh, out there as well. I, in the things that I uh, was interested in doing along the way, um, you know, you kind of wonder, well, if I ask somebody within the vicinity nearby that may think I'm, I will be a, a competitor, you know? So what I have done is called uh, two, 300 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they would give me the whole scoop. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be in competition with you, but I need some help. You know, I, can, can, I, I got some questions I like to ask, and and uh, oh, hey, they 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 they're willing to help you. You know, especially if you're not going to be a competitor, and they love to, and they love to talk about what they're doing. You see, that's that's their livelihood. That's that's their niche, and uh, I found that to be very helpful too. If uh, uh, if you're afraid that they may think you're going to be a competitor. Uh, at any rate, that, that's what that's what I found to, to be something very helpful. And I also found that uh, there are more people that want to help than those that want to ask. Have you found that to be the truth? I do agree with that. Um, yeah. you know, a lot of students that I work with, in fact, the majority of my audiences that I mm -hmm. target is usually younger people, either Generation Z or towards millennials. They're often afraid about reaching out on a simple platform like LinkedIn. The worst thing somebody can do is ignore you. A lot of I've never seen, even though there might be some one-off obstacles out there, but mm -hmm. I've never seen anybody come back and say, why are you bothering me? It's either they, they ignore you, which is not a big deal, or they say, absolutely, let's set up some time. You can pick my brain. I'm happy to share you with you about my career. A lot of guests that come on my show, on my podcast, they mm -hmm. give their LinkedIn information. They give mm -hmm. you their social media contact information because a lot of them that come on, they're excited about their career. So if somebody has questions about it, they always tell me, hey, Zach, if any of your students or professionals have any additional questions, feel free them to connect with me and I'd be happy to help them one off. So I believe there's actually more people out there that are willing to help you than what we kind of perceive. We kind of perceive this as a doggy dog world, which it can be, but I think there's a lot of people out there that really enjoy their jobs that would love to talk about it any time. I think so. I, I found that to be the truth. Uh, uh, when I'm asked something, I'm, I'm in my mid-60s. I'm not that vain to say my age at all. Uh, as I come in my mid-60s, and if somebody asks me about a job, uh, anything that has to do with secular uh, questions, uh, oh, I, I can't do enough to help them out. I, I just, I feel an obligation there. I think a moral obligation. And I think there's many like that out there, as you were saying there. And uh, this may be a, fr a frivolous question, but uh, is there a preferred way to get paid when you do have a side job? Um, you're talking about finding opportunities? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's a great question about finding. I think it depends on, again, what bucket you're in. Let's say right. you're, you're into that passion side. You're mm -hmm. trying to find something that you actually enjoy doing. I think what it can be is, is you first have to line out what you're good at, your talents, and your strengths are. Find it, write a list down. Again, interview your friends, even have a journal. You know, journals are kind of outdated, but there's apps on your phone where you can write down notes. Yes. And jot down these three questions. What do I want to be when I grow up? And I ask 40-year-olds that. What do you want to be when you grow up? If money were no object, what would you do with your career? And what are your strengths, your abilities, and talents that differentiate you from somebody else? And if you'll spend some time over those three questions, you may not be able to answer it in five minutes. You really spend time. You sit down, you answer those questions fully and thoroughly, then what that'll do, it'll give you some type of direction of where to go. So let's mm -hmm. say, you know, you enjoy painting, you like photography, you're into arts, maybe that's painting canvases, maybe it's um, being in graphic design, maybe it's um, doing some CAD work. So you can finally try to find some of those side type jobs. I will tell you, Ben, it's a great opportunity to find these side jobs because the market, again, is so hungry for labor right now. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
Um, a student was asking me, how do, I, how do I get to be a character at Walt Disney World? Two great examples of how you do it is uh, I met a student a few years ago that started off as a custodian at Walt Disney World, an entry-level job, a side mm-hmm. job. And guess what? They are a big executive now at Disney World. I do like and that. So yeah. that's exactly how it's done. And I think mm-hmm. there's so many different opportunities right now out there. I think so. Hey, listeners, are you thinking about a side hustle that can perhaps bring in additional 1000 maybe 2000 or even more per month of income? Keep listening to the show and you will find inspiration that will impel you to move forward with your idea. My guest is the author of the book, Don't Be a Zombie, How to Find a Career You Love. He is also a career consultant, motivational speaker, and is the host of the popular Zach Ballinger podcast show. And you will find more of what he does by clicking on the link found in the show notes. Let's welcome him back to the show, Zach Ballinger. Um, in, in my uh, experience, uh, I've never. You're saying that there's a, there's a demand for workers. I've never seen where uh, around here you'll find restaurants that will give you a bonus if you come and work for them right off the bat. A right bonus. And I've never seen that before. Um, so there's 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 plenty of room for uh, for new uh, ventures like that. Become a chef. Uh, you can learn that's from the ground up there if you ever want to open up your own uh, establishment. Uh, so, uh, Zach, how, how can I find time for my, let's say, my primary job, my nine to five, to, to um, delve into a side job idea? How do really I find gl- time? Really glad you asked that question mm-hmm. because that's probably the most common question among adults, typically Generation X, I would say where's the time to do all this? And because they may have a couple of kids, you may have a family, husband or wife, and you have a lot of obligations. So I certainly know your schedule's busy, but you know, guess what? There's always a couple of hours before you get up. So if you have to be at work at eight, you can always get up an hour early and map out some stuff. It may, may take you working after hours, after you get off work at five or six, you put the kids to bed. Maybe it's a computer project that you're working on at night for a couple hours. Maybe it's on the weekend. A lot of side businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs work weekends. Now, am I saying for you to work, you know, 80 hours a week for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. But what we're going to do is we're going to put some time and investment into this passion project. And it may be some sacrificing some weekends and nights for you to be able to pull this off. Um, Is there a vacation that you have in your back pocket that you use? I know many people that use a vacation time as time for perceptorships or job shadowing where they have a week and they can go out to a restaurant, like you said, if they really want to own and know how to operate a business, maybe they're spending time with a restaurant owner for a a week to see how that goes and see what the operation side of it looks like. So I think it takes time and sacrifice. It's going to take some off, off out of the box thinking for some people, but I do think it's necessary to get your project passion project off the ground. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And of course, you'll have to learn to balance uh, your life uh, between your nine to five, your side job, and of course, your family life, you know. Right. Um, Any any suggestions there that uh, we need to consider? 
Yeah. I, and, and again, I guess I have a kind of a different philosophy. I really believe in, instead of um, work-life balance, I believe in work-life passion. Mm. Not to say that balance isn't important, but I think there's going to be periods in our life where you're going to work more. For example, there's some weeks that I work 60 or 70 hours, but I actually love doing it. And mm. it's a part of my passion. So mm. I don't mind to do it. Now, if we're working, you know, 15 years, 80 hours a week, we got a problem. And that's right. a bigger problem. There absolutely mm. needs to be a balance there. Mm. But I'd say, you know, I think we, we talk so much about work-life balance that it should be, are we happy? Are we doing activities that make in things enjoyable? Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to a professional fly fisherman and uh, he spends about 70 hours, quote unquote, working a week. And um, for him, work so looks a lot different. He's fly fishing. He's a professional fisherman. And I said, you know, you've worked this many hours for this long. Do you have a balance? He said, absolutely. I have a balance. But also this is something that I actually enjoy. It's my hobby. Not let alone uh, along with my profession. So I think you're right. You do have to balance some things out. There should be, you know, a, a spiritual component, a growth component, a personal component. And you have to kind of juggle that in your own particular situation in life. But um, I think it can be done. And maybe some, some weeks are a little bit more strenuous on the business side and maybe they're not. Exactly. Yeah. Well, life is a variable event, you know, so. Yeah, there'll be those moments there. You know, you kind of wonder and scratching your head whether should I've done this, should I've gotten into this, you know, that sort of thing. You know, second guessing yourself. But uh, no, what uh, I call that life, <laughs> Zach. Right. That's, what, that's what I call it. Yeah. And um, I know that those that are listening in. Well, if I do this, uh, how am I going to get clients? Uh, any tips? Uh, I, I'm sure it. it uh, it's hinged on what you decide to do, but is there a mainstream of where you can go for clients? Any, any thoughts on that? I, I think you asked a really good question because what I find people do when they get so excited about maybe a passion project or they're so excited about launching a small business and a small time level, they overspend themselves trying to mm. get clients and they're spending, they're talking too big. They're talking about TV advertisements. They're talking about magazine publications. They're talking mm. about billboards. Mm. When I say, you know, you do a good job for somebody, tell them that you'll take a certain percentage off if you the next client that they give you. In other words, use your network to build your contacts. You do a really good job for somebody, the average odds are they tell 10 people. If you do a bad job, they're gonna probably tell 20 people that you did a bad job. So key is do a quality work, a good job. If you're a photographer, you take good pictures, they really like them and they come out and you say, can you do me a favor? Do you mind to spread the word about my business? Could you like my Facebook page? Maybe write a little bit of a review there, pass it along to your friends. And then the next job you have, I'll give you off 10 to 15% discount. Mm-hmm. If you start doing that, really your clients can add up over time because it comes through a referral network. It's like cleaning houses. Um, a lot of people out there are, are trying to do that on, as a side hustle, trying to create a cleaning house business well a lot of it comes from trust integrity if you do a good job and you show up and you work hard well guess what those people are kind of hard to find and so if you do a good job that neighbor is likely to tell six seven eight other neighbors hey uh donnie does a great job cleaning my house you should hire him 
And so that's a prime example of one way where you can start getting clients right off the bat. I, I agree. I agree. Throughout the years, I found that that's uh, definitely true. Uh, success breeds success, Zach. And um, and the best uh, advertisement is that of, uh, of by mouth. You know, that's the best advertisement you can get. Uh, you can spend lots of money. I've done a lot of advertising, radio, newspapers, magazines. But uh, by mouth advertising, that's the best that I've found. And uh, there's no question about that. Um, in today's world, uh, Zach, in today's world, any suggestions on what is a good side job to consider? Yeah, I think um, if if we break it down and you, you need some extra money, mm -hmm. the, the Ubers, the deliver oh, pizzas yeah. can get you through. Um, those are quick, easy jobs that you can do. Um, if it's more entrepreneur and focused, um, if you look at the in demand right now, food services in demand, hospitality is mm -hmm. in high demand, technology careers are in high demand. So you can kind of look at the marketplace over the what has happened. Look at another big sector that has a huge void is healthcare. Is there something you could do in healthcare right now to fill the mm -hmm. void? And so it's all about creating a need. And w once you create that need and there's needs out there that must be fulfilled, um, side jobs tend to come pretty easily. Um, a lot of people, uh, again, are struggling. Like you said early, <laughs> earlier, people are given one-time signing bonuses to oh, people yeah. just to work. Oh, yeah. Um, I am finding that people are more and more flexible on that are willing to give people that might have been a full-time job, actually a part-time job, just so they can get a little bit of help in. That might be a great way for you to get your foot in the door on a career that you may have always wanted to do or a side business that you've always wanted to gain. Um, business coaches are actually good too. Um, you know, some of that can get kind of dicey, but if you have a great recommendation for a business coach and you can learn from your network who might somebody's used in the past, there are great resources to really help you guide you on what you may do and what kind of opportunities might be out there. I think so. I think so. You mentioned the, the health care. Uh, I think that's, uh, I mean, we're, we're always going to need some uh, health uh, care direction, you know, uh, the medical industry. That's always going to be here uh, is one. Uh, I'm thinking of the, the food industry. Well, I mean, uh, that's a bad habit for me to, to stop. That's a very bad advice for me to, to stop. And that's eating food. You know that, Zach? But uh, at any yeah, rate, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a, that's a good. Uh, and, and there's all kind. There's a spectrum of what you can look at in the food industry. Um, I think of another is the energy uh, industry whether it may be oil, gas, or uh, solar. Uh, see, so I, I look at the things that are that uh, are needed and will be here for uh, for quite a while. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts whether, of course, you know, when you have a nine to five uh, job, uh, should I tell my boss I have a side hustle? <laughs> what do you think? You know, I never really have, you know, as long yeah. as you're getting the work done at your own career, yeah. why, why volunteer that information? It's almost like, you know, if you're volunteering in your community, do you tell your boss? Probably not. I mean, yeah. 
What you do after hours or before hours or on the weekend is really your own time and that can be spent ever you want. You know, do you want to go fishing maybe? Instead of, you know, would you tell your boss you're going fishing after work? Probably not. It's probably not a big deal. You want to, um, you're going to go on a hike or you're going to go to the gym. It's the same concept. So no, I don't think you really have to disclose that. I think where you have to be ethical is you don't want to overrun those boundaries. So if you're supposed to be working an eight hour shift and you're supposed to be working 40 hours, try to do that. Um, you know, integrity matters now. Uh, people see what you're doing out there, that your network sees it. So if you're trying to do two jobs at the same time and you're overlapping, you know, that doesn't look good as far as integrity and moral compass and everything like that. But as long as everything's after hours and doesn't interfere with your full-time job, there's really no reason to disclose it, in my personal opinion. Exactly. The only thing I can think of is if what you're going to decide to do is in conflict or become a competitor, uh, to yep. where you're working or if you're on salary when you're on salary they own you zach <laughs> so you know it's kind of hard to uh to even figure out you know when to do those side jobs because i mean you can be called uh, at any moment uh, so those are some things to consider at any rate but um so let's say we have a, a good side job and we're loving it and so forth and of course every um, in fact uh, here we are close to april 15th right <laughs> so how should we structure uh, our side job to minimize the, the tax consequence? What do, you, what do you say? Yeah. And so I, I love that question because a lot of people jump right into it and they don't think about this stuff. And mm -hmm. so you're asking really good questions about this. You really should, if you start making a really decent income with your side hustle, you really should talk to a CPA at least one or two times because you, there's different rules and I am no tax expert at all. I have my own CPA, full disclosure. Mm -hmm. So I make sure, you know, if you have to report quarterly, you have to report quarterly earnings. Uh, your CPA will be able to guide you through all the rules and regulations and there's a lot there, but you're certainly right asking that question. If you start to make significant income, you really want to talk to a tax professional on how to structure this um, and they can help you in a lot better way. Maybe it needs to be an LLC, maybe you can continue on a sole proprietorship, all that good stuff, but you want to have a good tax preparer in your corner. And guess what? When you start, if you love what you do and you start making a lot of money at doing it, you won't mind to get it higher a CPA. It won't be a big deal. Exactly. No, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. And um, another thing, you, you know, uh, for those that may be contemplating and just don't have an idea exactly what they want to do, there's lots out there that um, they tell you, Zach, you know, uh, you don't have to talk to anybody. You don't. You don't have to do any marketing. You'll make a uh, hundred thousand in one month. I mean, uh, of course, you know it's uh, uh, a lot of scams out there. So how how can we kind of uh, sift through all that? Uh, yeah, if, if something seems too good to be true, it it probably is. <laughs> And it's an old saying, but it's so true. So if somebody promises you, you only have to work five hours a week and you can make 10,000 a day, that's a scam. Yeah. Um, there is no such thing as a free lunch out there. I, that's another old saying. And so when these things, there's shortcuts or if there's a, something doesn't seem right or seem may seem illegal, 
you really want to steer clear of them really research. I think what happens is a lot of times, Benjamin, people get excited about an opportunity they see on an email or posting on a website or on Facebook. And it just sounds just great. You know, like I'll be a professional fly fisher in Montana, work one hour a week and make 80,000 a year. I'd be very weary about that. I would start asking questions and start really interviewing people. And that goes for franchises, too. Um, I'm not anti-franchise, but, mm-hmm. you know, franchises, guess what those people are trying to do? They're trying to sell franchises. Oh, yes. So does everybody need a franchise? No. Does some people need a franchise? Sure. So it's really about investing that time, making sure it's a good opportunity, not getting too excited or too down either way, but going with the flow. And the more to learn and the more information you have, and the more knowledge you learn, the more you can trust your decision whether to go for that. But you're right. There's so many scams out there and so many different things, cryptocurrency, you name it, what's going on out there or trying to make a quick buck this way. Just remember that a lot of times those are scams. Anytime that they're saying that you can work very less and make millions of dollars a year, it's just simply not true. No, no. In fact, I've found that uh, the best things uh, are those things that are are the hardest to do because nothing's easy. uh, Otherwise, the whole world would be doing it, you know? Right. Hey, I'm interested in this quote you had made along the way here. You quoted once that uh, don't let the town, the, the size of your town determine your dreams. Can you expound on that? Grew up in a small town, so my grandmother raised me since I was about 10 years old, and I lived in a town called Warburg, Tennessee. Probably nobody has ever heard of it. Very, very tiny town, about an mm-hmm. hour outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, the East Tennessee region. And, you know, when I grew up and going through middle school and high school, I was always told, you know, when you live in a rural area, people tend to make less and you know, people don't go on to do good things or do great things, or they don't get this particular education level, or you can't own this type of business. And it's simply false. Um, you look at successful people all over the world. They've come from both large towns, some small towns, from medium towns. I think what happens in rural settings, they we get locked in or we want to surround us. Mm-hmm. And we we get stuck in that nomenclature that, hey, you're in a rural town, you can't succeed, you have to do this job, you can't go out to this school. And I just really challenge my students, don't let the size of your town limit the size of your dreams. Don't let that be an obstacle to your success because everybody that's successful have come from an area of the world and they have been, there's no statistic out there that can prove that, you know, 80% of successful people come from New York City. It's really a hodgepodge where everybody's coming from. So don't let that be the self-limiting factor for your success. Yeah. You know, when I read that quote, um, Zach, it reminded me of the uh, of the, the, the fact that uh, a goldfish will only grow to the size of the bowl, right? And and that's what we do when sometimes we limit our thinking uh, like that uh, psychologically. So we don't want to be a goldfish. There's uh, there's lots of things we can do and um, explore, and uh, especially uh, you know those uh, fields that we may be interested in. And uh, and of course, so you also speak about passion and purpose. Can can you can you expound on that as well? Yeah, I 
when when we talk about passion and purpose, what I'm trying to talk to people about is your passion is your strengths, your talents, your abilities, your tangible things that really make you different from other people. So mm-hmm. my example, some of the things that I'm good at is teaching. And I actually love to teach and it's a skill of mine. And then what your purpose is, is a long-term vision of your life. What do you want to be known for? What do you want your legacy to be? When you get older and you retire and you're sitting down with your grandkids, what do you want to be remembered for? And you marry those two things, it can really coincide with a great career. And so at the end of your career journey, and it may be an encore career, it may be a side hustle like we've talked about, it may be a business, it may be a full-time job, but whatever you've done, I just challenge you, have you used your strengths and your talents that your God-given abilities, have you discovered those? And that's your passion. And then have you married that passion with your vision in a long-term career? And that's what I mean by passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Because I know we're all different. Uh, I mean, when we speak of the DNA, I mean, we're all we're just unique and different, and uh, we shouldn't compare ourselves to another, and and, and just go for what we think is going to do the best to, to take care of yourself and family, and and do a good thing for for others as well. You know, I believe that uh, wholeheartedly, Zach. And uh, incidentally, how can my audience uh, contact you for more information on this topic, Zach? Yeah, so um, you can go to ZachBallinger.com, all of my social media links there. Um, I'm big on LinkedIn. So if you want to go on LinkedIn and connect with me, just listen, uh, put in the notes how you found found me through your show. Um, I actually have a career website too and a podcast show. It's called mm-hmm. the Zach Ballinger Show. And so let's say you've always wanted to learn more about being an architecture or a juggler or a comedian or a designer. I have career pathways there from people from different walks of life that you can learn from through an informal interview, actually what they do on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they offer up their contact information. So if you want to be a nurse practitioner or PA, you want to talk about breaking in that field, listen to my podcast, connect with the guests on there, and then you'll be able to get on your way to about learning what may be a career that you actually love doing. ZachMallinger.com. There you go. I think that's a great source. Thank you for that, uh, Zach. It's been great visiting with you. You, uh, I, I can tell you love your work, and uh, and I appreciate. Uh, I had a lot of fun uh, talking to you. You know, it seems like uh, as we go along, uh, people are really getting to know me. Maybe some of the things that are not so savory. <laughs> I, I tend to be very open, you know. And uh, shoot, yeah, you know, like I said, I'm already in my mid sixties. I mean, well, I'm not going to hide anything. The main thing is to help help others. That's that's the main thing. And I want to thank you for being on your Lot and Parcel show, Zach. And I wish you the very best. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I absolutely love the questions. Great questions. And I really, really appreciate you. Hey, listeners, if you have a recommendation for a show or you have a question or a comment or just want to say hello, drop me a note at your lot And now if you would excuse me.
This program has been produced by Isaac Diaz with music by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit the website yourlotandparcel.com.